You're listening to a podcast from the Finnish Football Show. This is the Finnish Football Show. I'm Mark Wiltshire and I'm here today with Rich Nelson. Hi, Rich. Hey. And Ali Manson. Hi, Ali. Moika. And we've got a bumper match report episode where we're going to look back at Finland's two Euro 2024 qualifiers, um, where the Hulkia gained two wins and two clean sheets to, to build a uh, a nice, nice position at the at the top of the qualifying group on uh, on goal difference. So there was a a two nil win against Slovenia, um, and they followed that up with a a very commanding six nil win against San Marino. And uh, we'll we'll look back at both those games, give our own perspectives and opinions, and uh, and then maybe right at the end we'll discuss who might be the star player of the weekend. I don't think there'll be too much arguing about that. <laughs> Um, but if you guys are ready, the referee's blown his whistle and uh, off we off we go. And let's start with Finland 2, Slovenia 0. This was on Friday 16th of June. And Rich, give us a, lead us into this, this game. Um, I mean, this was on paper um, one of those games that was quite decisive, uh, divisive on, on paper in that you had two teams that were very closely matched, um, both on the tables. Um, Slovenia had won their first um, two fixtures and both teams went into it on six points. And this was one of those ones that kind of Finland would have looked at and thought this is one that they need to win if they're going to come in the top two in the group. And and already we're looking at this group as very similar to the one that Finland qualified from for, for Euro 2020, uh, not the fact we're standing the fact that um, they actually have the same record at this point as well. But this was like that Bosnia game in that competition when uh, they won 2-0 in Tampere. And this one, as I mean, it's a 2-0 victory, which, you know, to be fair, Slovenia did give Finland a good game, certainly mm-hmm. for the first, probably till the second goal, I think. Um, I mean, Slovenia had, I wouldn't say arguably the better of the first half as Finland were leading 1-0, but they were, they were threatening... Um, they made. They had a lot of, sort of possession in the Finland half. They didn't have a lot of shots, but they were definitely looking sort of like they could be quite dangerous. And um, I mean, we saw. I think just after half time, Hradetsky made a very, very good save down to his right um, with a score of one nil. And and the fact that Finland have come out of this game with Poyan Palo and Antman scoring again, it's um, it it just kind of makes that statement of intent really that Finland are now in the front runners for this group and I'm you know talking both before and after the San Marino game but I mean it was a, it was a fairly close game um the goals were, were well taken again um Puki in assisting both of these at this point has assisted all four goals that Finland had scored without scoring one um and it shows perhaps the evolution of, of the way that he's playing we talked about in the last episode about how he's not the player he was three or four years ago. And and if he's turning into this more sort of 
say withdrawn, but he's more of a provider than a finisher. He doesn't have that pace. But Poyan Palo's in amazing form. Uh, and Ant-Man, that was his uh, fourth Finland goal in five games. So there's a there's a lot of potential here and you know, a bit of evolution, a bit of revolution going on. But um, I mean, Mark, you were there. What was what was the atmosphere like? Uh, the atmosphere was amazing, really. I mean, it's it's what we've kind of come to expect in recent years since since we've been travelling down for for home games, and we we had our tickets in Pohjoiskarre, and in the last couple of games, Sato and I have got well. You you know you reserve your seats for what good that mm-hmm. does you, and we we sort of positioned ourselves right at the in the back row with the with the wall behind us, and it's quite high up. Got a good view, and this time we were almost right behind the goal. It was a it was a cracking spot, and of course, all of the all of the the uh, the rest of the Pohjois is away to our our left, and we got there early and and thought, oh, let's just go up and get our spot because once you're in everyone else will fill in around you but and you've got your you've got your spot so we went up there and and sort of took some drinks and and got in there and the the atmosphere was was amazing and looking around and seeing 32,700 people almost all of them wearing white like a sea of white going around that whole stadium was was unbelievable um I tried to pay more attention to the game because <laughs> <laughs> in the past I've found myself getting a little bit, I find I'm focusing too much on what words to sing and not enough on what's actually going on <laughs> on, the, on the pitch. So um, it was, I I thought like you that, that we played well, but Slovenia always had the ability to, to create a half chance at least. Yeah. And I think looking at the stats, they they had something like fourteen shots and seven off target and three on target, and the rest were sort of blocked. But it felt like oh, we need to be a bit careful here, and and we were careful, but in so much as we didn't let any any in. But there was there was always those opportunities there. Um, it uh, maybe we should go back a little bit to the to the team selection as well because in the previous couple of games Finland started with this 4-4-2 um, but it it changed for this game and we exchanged some messages beforehand so there was a there was this kind of 3-5-2-5-3-2 however that however that works out um, with Alho and Niskanen as as sort of wing backs and Jensen Ivanov and Hoskinen as three central defenders and I, I felt that would give us more going forward. There was Antman, Schuler and Kaidinen in the midfield. Um and then Puki and Pokimbalo up front with obviously Luke Rudetsky in goal at the at the back. Um Ali, what did you think about no Glenn Kamara? Yeah, I mean it was a talking point, wasn't it, on the WhatsApp group before. Yeah. I think we're just so used to him starting and him being such a you know big big player for the team uh, we just sort of take it as read that he'll that, that that he'll start in there i mean it was it was interesting to bring him out of course it it looks good when you win if we'd lost it would have been a totally different uh conversation um but i think i think you're always going to miss a player like Glenn Kamara in this team particularly when you know we're so used 
and the players are so used to him playing. But I, th- I think, you know, that middle three of Shula, Karinen and Antman, they, 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 they did well. And I, I think also out of possession, Puki almost sort of tucked back in on, onto the right a little bit more as well. So uh, he sort of added maybe a little bit of more cover. I mean, not too much. I don't think him going backwards and his defensive work is ever going to be, you know, his greatest attributes. But yeah, as I said earlier, I think it worked just about. I think in the second half, we were sort of happier to give possession up a little bit more when Slovenia started to get back into the game. And obviously that's when you you need someone like Kamara to be, you know, in the middle of the park. But uh, I'm not overly concerned, but I think that's purely because of the result. And also he started the next game and played well. So um, an experiment that paid off, let's put it that way. I think um, the fact that he hadn't had many minutes for Rangers in the build-up to this, and, and Kyron had come off winning the title in, in with Sparta Prague. I mean, him and Schuller were excellent, really, really good together. I mean, Schuller's been the last couple of years. I mean, so pretty much since Tim Spar's retired, mm. Schuller's really, really stepped up. But um, I mean, that was probably Kyron's best Finland game so far, certainly the, the most important performance he put in. And I think um, that that really showed that because I think there's always that kind of panic we're so used to Schuller and Kamara now that when Kamara doesn't play and there's obviously a reason behind it and and Riva said at one point that you know he's he's barely played the mm. Rangers in the last six months mm. um and and again you know with the benefit of hindsight yes it worked um but he made the decision and, and it turned out to be the right one because the two of them played really very really well together Rich you you mentioned earlier that uh, Yoel Pochimpalo scored again. Uh, talk us through the goal a little bit. Explain explain what, what actually happened. I mean, it was um, Puki finding some space on, on the right-hand side um, and cutting across. And it was the kind of goal that you expect Pochimpalo to score. It was the one he was pretty regularly scoring in Germany on the occasions he got to play. I mean, very ready for Leverkusen. But... Um, he was making those runs in towards the near post, but angling it past the goalkeeper um, through his legs, actually, wasn't it? Mm, yeah. And um, and it was just one of those goals that, you know, a few years ago, it would have been, you know, Pookie being on the end of it, but now Pookie's evolved into that assister now. And um, again, of all those players in that squad on current form, Poe and Palo's the one you'd want on the end of it. And to be honest, it was, what, 13 minutes into yeah. the game, I think it was? Yeah. Um, that was really what Finland needed because on a number of occasions, Finland have kind of done well in a game. It's got to half-time at nil-nil, but getting that early goal, it meant that they had something to kind of hold on to. It gave Slovenia an excuse to come out a little bit, open the game up a bit, and um, and just getting on that score sheet early. We're so used in the past anyway, Finland kind of going in and, and either leaving it late or not at all. But you know, this game and Northern Ireland, I think the goal there came before the half hour mark of that game. So it's something, you know, it's a nice thing to see is getting on the score sheet early. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a really well taken goal. And um, this is Poe and Palo kind of in the form of his life, really. And this was really nice to see, you know, a crucial goal for Finland. And I think that was what, his 13th or 14th for, um, for Finland now. So again, 
you know, the age he's at, was he 27, I think he is? You know, this is when he really should be cementing himself mm. as that regular centre-forward. Ali, the, the second goal came in the 64th minute from Antman. Um, talk us through that that goal a little bit. Yeah, so uh, again, Puki managed to find a, a pocket of space, probably about 35, 40 yards out. Um, and the thing that I really like about this goal, again, you know, we were just talking about Poyan Palo, but he was really crucial to this goal as well because his run dragged the defenders away and created the space not only for Puki to take that extra touch, um, but to create space for Antman as well. He almost ran across Puki, didn't he? Sort of yeah, he did. Line. Yeah, it's, it's it's one of those runs that you know they train time and time again. Um, and because the defenders, they have to go with the runner. It's just that they, they can't just let the runner go. They have to make a decision and they have to go with the runner. Um, so it was really smart play, um, not only just from Puki to hold on to the ball, but also from Poyampolo to to make that run. Um, and then, yeah, obviously Antman held his run, stayed on side and a really good finish um, into the corner. And yeah, it was on the, I think the 64th, 65th minute. And I, th I think yeah, either yourself or Rich alluded to it earlier, just a really important, yeah, really crucial time of the match to get that second goal. Because just as Slovenia was starting to get a, a bit of a foothold in the game, um, we go and score that goal and then... Yeah, I think you could see that Slovenia knew that it was going to be an uphill battle from then. Yeah, I think for both goals, actually, the Slovenia goalkeeper will be a bit disappointed. Like the first one, gone through his legs. OK, it's from fairly close range, but still, it's go through your legs. And the second one, he, he got a hand to it. Yeah. Quite a big hand, but a weak a weak hand. And it, and it sort of still found its way into the, into the bottom corner. But... Um... I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, everyone went, everyone went mad, and drinks went up in the air, and someone's drink went down the back of my legs from the from the the section behind, and chaos, <laughs> chaos ensued. Um, was there a little bit of um, sort of tension where 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 you were? Well, not sitting, I'm guessing, but standing and yeah. amongst the fans, sort of towards that second half before the second goal. No, I don't. I don't like think so. The the atmosphere stayed as it is. You know, you've got the, the the guys at the front sort of orchestrating things, but but actually before before the game even there was a a fairly large group of you know fifteen younger guys in the row, a couple of rows in front of us, and they were starting their own singing as well, and it continued all the way through. I don't think the atmosphere dropped at all, and I. I noticed myself thinking, "Oh, they had another chance. We need to be a bit careful." But I don't think that it was shown in the in the crowd. No, I think everyone just mm. kept kept going behind behind the team. It's um, it's a nice novelty at the moment, and we can talk about it again. Talking about the San Marino game, and that these games are now selling out. This is um, you know, thirty two and a half thousand for a Finland game, which these always used to be when. Spain, France, Germany would come to town. But, you know, we're getting sellouts for Slovenia, San Marino, probably Denmark in the autumn. And this is, I mean, yes, there is that element of the crest of the wave. This started kind of five or six years ago with the, the Nations League campaign, the Euros and every, all this momentum that's been building up. 
And now you're looking at, I don't know if there's science involved or anything, but the, the support behind the Finland national team is un, unlike anything that there's been before and on a huge scale. And yes, relative success plays a massive part in that. People look at, you know, Finland have been generally doing very well over that period of time. But um, the, the, the amount of kids there, you know, people of all ages, people who are going to Finland games in the past. I mean, when I started going to Finland games, you were lucky if they were getting 12, 13,000 for a dismal 1-0 defeat to Hungary. I think Mixu's last game was one of the ones I was at in 2015. And it was just horrible. You know, the, the stadium was a, a third full. No, everyone was thinking, oh God, here we go again. But now there's such an atmosphere there that the SMU core, you know, 21 years, I think it is now of, of what they're doing and, and it's really paying off. And the 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 link between the players, the, the staff, the coaches and the fans mm. now is enormous. It's brilliant to see and it's it's not manufactured at all. I mean, this again was something that was they were trying to do when Hetamai was getting the megaphone after a game five, you know, before this when Finland were losing. But you can see it is a big thing now. And uh, I think I think the know, science behind it, Rich, is the fact that Finns love to support their their country in anything, especially yeah. when they're doing well, and they are doing well. And I think that Palolito's Gausi Corti season ticket for this season mm. was a was a really good idea. And I don't know. It's it's it this week weekend particularly. It's the right time of year. Um, it's warm, summer holidays have started, kids are off, so it's easier to get the kids down for these games, and they want to see these players. What what I, I wondered is if that crest of the wave had peaked a couple of years ago, and that not qualifying for the World Cup might knock it back, but it, it seems to have just paused for a moment, and now it's and now it's back, and it seems bigger than it was before. Yeah, I mean, Ali... Say so you're hoping to get tickets for the Eagles game. Um, get them soon, because uh, I think at this rate that we're going to be uh, we're going to be struggling. Yeah, I, I said that to um, my friend who I booked the um, the Denmark tickets with. Uh, I, I sent him a message about an hour before recording, saying, "Also, we need to keep an eye on the Northern Islands uh, in, in particular as well, because." where that's going to fit in in the schedule and maybe we'll talk about the fixtures a little bit later on um it could be a really really crucial game yeah i think i think it's it's like like you said that game is in well the next games are in september october november and i think the success of the and the spectacle of these two recent games is encouraging more people to think hey i want some of that and and actually, I I should have done this at the very beginning. Um, is to give a little shout out to uh, Lady Sato's friend Elena Maria, who joined us on Friday. She she wanted to go to the game. She tried to get a ticket, and it was seventy euros, and she thought that was a bit steep. So she joined Asamiko and bought a ticket in the Pochioscare for her first ever first ever game, <laughs> and and it was cheaper. Um, and she loved it. And she's all, we, we met her again the day after and she said, I bought my ticket for Denmark already. Now we're, we're not going there. So goodness knows who she's going in there with, but 
welcome Elena Maria you're you're uh, you're very welcome in that in that area and uh, enjoy that enjoy that game uh, well, I think also the, um... the um the marketing department of the hooker there's a, a bit of a raise as well that they really do a fantastic job of not only covering the game but also you know sending out those videos whether it's a story or whether it's a post of of the fans and um and you know before the game during the game after the game and those sort of it's a very loud motorbike going past uh, in london <laughs> um but that th those sort of videos really do encourage people um because yeah like you said mark people look at those sort of things and they go god i, I want a bit of that that yeah. looks really yeah. fun so um, well, yeah, um they definitely deserve a a good shout out as well well, Mick or Lieutenant, the uh, the marketing manager, uh, he gave an interview, I think it was to Ule during the week, about uh, FOMO, you know, fear of missing out, being one of the drivers. And, and you know, a lot of people want to say they were there. and yeah. they, Well, of course, wanting to be there as well. But a lot of people, you know, it's now it's like a social thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, where were you when? And, you know, going back to... You know, in the lead up to the San Marino game, put a couple of videos out of previous meetings with Finland and San Marino. And one of the games they played, I think it was the first time Finland ever played a home game in December, and it was 1994, and it was qualifying for Euro 96, and they had 3,000 people in the Olympia Stadion for um, for Finland-San Marino. And Mixu Patalainen scored all four goals, but only, you know, I think it was about 3,500 people were there. And didn't Mark so, um, H say that he was there and it was like minus 16 or something like that? I think that that was the other one. That was the one in 2010. When, oh, okay, um, okay. That was, I think there was about 10,000 there, but that okay. was Yari Lippmann's last game. Um, but um, but it was, yeah. I mean, looking at it now, I mean, the Denmark game's almost sold out and I believe they're putting another few bunches of tickets on sale in six weeks or so and they're waiting for, for Denmark. But, but yeah, and then after that, you've got... Um, uh, Northern Ireland and, and Kazakhstan at home as well. And, and they're at this rate are going to sell out as well. Mm. So, you know, if, if you're interested, get your tickets now. Well, let, let's take a little, let, let's pause for a little break, but before we do, let's, let's chuck a little cliffhanger in there that we'll come to, because in the preview show last week, I said that I was excited to see Daniel Hawkins join the squad, former Asi Korsaniyoki, striker winger whatever a position is nowadays mm. and that i hoped that you might get on the pitch as a sub against san marino well he, and and i i said that you know he's he's good with the ball he's good running running with the ball at his feet and uh, and started started making a few goals in for asico last year as well and he came on in the game against slovenia so that was a nice nice surprise and he came on again in the game against San Marino. But we'll talk about that after I try and sell you one or two T-shirts. Okay, so I thought in honour of my weekend in Helsinki watching the Hukayat that I would show the Helsinki T-shirt. Remember, this year the team colours focus a little bit more on the, on the town rather than the actual team themselves. This one just happens to be in Hoyiko, Helsinki colours, lovely blue and white there. And if I take you into the logo, taking the away colours to to just highlight the the Finnish football show and the and the year 2023. They're only available this year. And showing just one of the ladies' styles there. 
pricing as always we don't we don't control but there have been some there, there are actually regular regular discounts and every time you order one of the shirts brings a few euros to the finnish football show just to help us with some of the some of the running costs and they're not all starting at 29.99 i think the classic t-shirt 25 euros often available for 18 something like that so keep your keep your eyes keep your eyes open um Sato and I were wearing coordinating Swarmy t-shirts to the game on on Friday and uh, you can see pics of those on my Instagram and Facebook if you can be bothered <laughs> Rich tell us um about the buy me a coffee wow yeah um so buy me a coffee is another little pot that we use for for funding our various schemes normally for uh, you know website hosting zoom conference calls instagram adverts all that sort of stuff but uh, yeah it's a, a little contribution we have some very generous ones over the years um couple, chuck a couple of quid in our hat just to keep going this this busking that we're doing but uh yeah it's um yeah the links in the uh, on the website but yeah a couple of quid couple of euros that'll uh yeah, keep keep the gas man at bay. Certainly, certainly will. Okay, second half starting, and this was Finland six, San Marino nil. And I think what we should do at the end of this is look back on the predictions that some of us made last week. Um, but Ali, before we get into the game itself, just talk us through the the starting lineup and how it was different to the the previous game. Absolutely. Just bear with me one sec. I've got it right here. Here we are. So, yeah, I think when the lineup was sort of released, we all again had a similar sort of reaction, which was, okay, we're going for it, um, which is which is nice, which is great, um, particularly when you're playing San Marino. <laughs> I think it does sometimes feel like there is only really one option, but you know, he 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 went with a lineup that I think we were all really happy with. Uh, I think just looking at the the breakdown that I've got, that you know, you had Alho, Ivanov, Thomas, and uh, Uronen um, at the back, and then uh, Suhanen, Shula, Kamara. So Kamara obviously coming back in, and then you know, this is at least according to uh, UEFA TV. Uh, Chowman, Poyan Palo, and Ant Man up front. So, I, I, that, that's how it was. That's how it was kind of published by uh, yeah. as well. So yeah, I, so I, I think we can safely assume that four three three was the intended lineup. Um, and and I think you know if you're not going to experiment and try a new formation out against San Marino, when are you going to try try a new um uh try a new formation? And I, I think. You know, we all knew that we were expecting to win. It was just about by how much. Are Finland used to putting five, six, seven past anyone? No, not at all. Uh, I think we were hoping for two or three at least. Um, any more than three is always going to be a bit of a bonus. But yeah, racking up six. We did have to wait a little while um, for that first goal. But I think in this group where it feels like no one really wants to win it or we're all expecting Denmark to pull ahead and then 
Finland, Slovenia, Kazakhstan, probably competing for second place. But as Denmark are sort of, you know, dropping points here, there and everywhere, it feels like getting six at home to San Marino might be really important at the end of the campaign. I think that's true. And you're right. The first goal came in the 16th minute, but San Marino had a shot on target in the 11th minute. Yeah. I think we joked last week, Rich, that, you know, I said, oh, it, I think 4-1. And you were like, oh, it's like, you, like England letting in that early goal. And I <laughs> said, well, I hope not. But I certainly didn't expect them to have the first shot on target. Um, and the the San Marino fan Twitter account, um, it was hilarious. It tweeted, you know, we... We had a shot on target. Come on, boys, we got this. And when I saw, <laughs> when I was looking at the tweet, literally in front of my eyes, the likes were going ding, 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 ding. So that was clearly going, going round. That the whole country glued to their phone. <laughs> wild opti- wild optimism. Um, but the uh, the the goal came. The first goal came in uh, sixteen minutes. Uh, Rich from Glen Kamara. Talk talk us through that one. I mean, it was a lovely taken goal, wasn't it? Um, a little one-two on the edge of the box and, and Kamara cutting in sort of on, on the left-hand side. Um, again, not the kind of forward run that you often see from him, but you bear in mind it's San Marino. And this was the kind of the benchmark, really, where you know a player who's looking, he's got, a, a say, a point to prove, but at least you know he, he missed the last game. He's come in here. And it was a nicely taken sort of finish, quite near to the keeper. And I think that the ball from the one-two was um, was Schuller, wasn't it? And mm-hmm. it was a really nicely taken. And I think that was, and I, I you know, blow my own trumpet, but in the preview pod last week, you know, it was San Marino will be putting 10, 11 behind the ball. And you need to have those kind of intricate precision plays, the, the one-twos, the... The ability to make space and runs in behind, and it's that that opened the opened them up really. Because I think um, before that, like you said, San Marino had 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 a shot on target first, and the, the English commentary that I had on here was a little bit astounded. Like, oh my god, you know, taking into consideration the the quality of the shot that it was, but even so, it was a shot on target. Mm, um, yeah. You know, and, and this was Kamara really doing what he does best is getting the ball and driving forward and you know he's not the defensive ball winner destroyer type and you know maybe sure there is more of that but they're playing 20 30 meters further into the opposition territory than they would be normally and you have to do things a little bit differently and I think just as a statement of intent and again you know San Marino aren't exactly going to concede one and then come out swinging but to go and do that and and short was I think was it shortly after I think it was still one nil uh surely hit the post from uh from long range um again the, the sort of goal that you need to take against San Marino if mm. if they're parking the bus but it was nice just to see I think Kamara is only his second goal for Finland as well so it's nice for him you know Schuller still hasn't scored one and, and was very very close himself mm. Yeah, one of you mentioned before about how many there are a lot of kids going to the game and wanting to go to the game, and I think ticket prices had had incentivized families to come along, and to add to that environment, there was a a young child on the PA system for the entire game, uh, announcing um, maybe not announcing the substitutions, but certainly announcing the goals and. Mm. 
calling out the name of the name of the player that had scored and then the crowd would sort of shout their their surname and that was that was quite cute um one thing that i hadn't really realized before uh, the international game is when they do the the name you know glenn kamara glenn kamara and then at the end, after it's done three times then the the pa announcer says Kitos. and then the entire the entire Pocus Caro says, Ole Hoover. It's quite 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 funny. Nice, nice bit of theatre, a bit of pantomime there. It's uh, the it's the same at um the Hoyekor games as well, but I have a feeling that they stole it off the national team rather than the other way around. With the thank you and Ole Hoover as well. Yeah, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. That was the bit that was that was new yeah. for me. I, I like that. Um, um but there was a lot of buzz around um the young guy. I think it's Ara was her name, and um she's doing She's obviously found her calling in life. I mean, whether this will go out before, but uh, on Thursday evening, um, VGS are playing in the Swarman Cup and she's doing the announcing for them. Uh, I think it was their hat that she was wearing at the game on Monday night. So she's doing the announcing for them in a Swarman Cup game on Thursday night. So, uh, you know, we we may have a a budding... I don't know, are there any famous pitchside announcers these days? But... uh, even so, she might be a celebrity in the making. Yeah, seems seems to be. And you mentioned, Rich, about uh, Shula hitting the post, and there was a a period of of, of five minutes with a few chances for Finland as the pressure really started to build. Um, and then Ali, that led to the second goal in the thirty ninth minute from Benjamin Chelman. Yeah, and um, a great ball by um, Rob Ivanov from. Up left wing. I don't, don't know what he was doing yeah. <laughs> over there. Um, but hey, mate, he's adding a string to his bow, clearly, because um, yeah, he found himself out on the left wing. Whipped an, a, I mean, it was quite an, a, a hard ball to defend. I don't care if you're San Marino or if no, you're, it was a if you're Spain. It was, it was a really, really good ball. And yeah, Chalman just have to get, get his head on it. I mean, it was still a fantastic finish because you do have to put those away because there was some pace whipped on that on that cross but um yeah and again it, it came at a really good time because I think you know if you're winning one nil against San Marino of course everyone's still going to think when is the second goal but you still have to get that second goal mm. you know San Marino aren't going to score two at any g- g- given point you know we get worried about a shot on target but they did get a shot on target and you know all it needs is a dodgy deflection or a ricochet yeah here there and everywhere then um you know, you could concede a goal, but really good time, really good assist from from Ivanov, and uh, yeah, an excellent finish for the second goal. And into half time, two nil up, and in the in the half time show on Ule, I saw a Finland flag with East Midlands Massive written on it in English. Uh, any idea? That's, been, that, there, that's is, been there for years, has it? Um, yeah, I, I'm sure someone told me this once. Um, it's to do with. Derby, I think it was right, um, okay. like a fan from Derby years ago. But that's but that's been at Finland games for as long as I've been watching them. Well, see, I'm um, I'm normally uh, when I'm at the game, I'm behind those, obviously. And yeah. I I don't know what made me pay attention this time, but I just happened to sit still rather than run into the fridge in the bathroom during half time and saw it. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 one of those sort of staples. Um, I'm sure someone told me years ago. I might have to. Just, to go back and find um but yeah that's been there for as long as i've been watching them it's always okay. a, an, amu- an amusing one yeah yeah um okay then into the into the second half 
Um, 60 Minutes saw a, a kind of rash of substitutions. Um, Robert Taylor came on for Shula. Thermal Buki came on for Bokian Palo. And the aforementioned Daniel Hawkins came on for Ant-Man. And what then followed was 10 minutes of absolute bedlam. I couldn't get my notes tapped into my phone quick enough from watching the highlights to the next goal and the next goal. But um, it kind of became the the Daniel Hawkins show, Rich. Yeah, um, again... Coming, I think the first goal came five minutes after he came on um, and celebrated. It was a nice, nicely taken uh, one as well. And he celebrated with the uh, the cha-cha-cha. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that was we, nice. We talked about it. it was nice. Um, I mean, a lot of the talk in the build-up again about him was um, how quick he is. I think uh, one of the, the articles I read that he's recorded some of the quickest sprint times in training. Right, of any okay. Finland player, and um, and it's interesting, you know, he's one of these sort of generation of players who've been academy trained from day one, who kind of play in that not quite midfielder, not quite striker, a little bit wide, you mm. know, kind of floaty type. Um, but um, his form, Asikor going to Norway and, and now coming into this, you know, the, over the last sort of year eighteen months, I mean, what a transformation he's had, um, and. You know, I think now, you know, jump, jumping past the hat trick, but he's played fifty-five minutes of international football and has scored three goals. Yeah. It's um, if he carries on at that rate, who knows where we'll end up? But um, Ant- Ant-Man's got five in four. Um, <laughs> well, four in four, four goals in six in six now. Four but, in um, six. Okay, okay. Four in six now. Yeah, but um, yeah, Hawkins has um, three in two or three yeah. in fifty-five minutes. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah they're, they're setting a standard, but um. But yeah, I think um, one of the goals, which which was the one that he ran through and messed, I can't even remember now. They will get jumbled up. Well, the first, the first. Let, let's describe it. it let's, the, let's, yeah. let's describe the, the goals because they came in quick succession. And the yeah. first one was a, a sort of loose back pass that he he latched onto and yeah. sort of made yeah. it made it himself towards the left side of the penalty box and just sort of drove it past the the keeper. Mm. There was there was plenty yeah. of space to hit it in. That was the sixty fifth minute. Then the 72nd saw some really nice play from Robert Taylor driving forward, giving the ball to Pukki, and he he crossed it and it was in the in the six yard box. Kind of I think the first attempt got blocked, and then Hawkins sort of spun and and hit it home from, mm. from close range. And literally then I was still typing the notes when the second when the third goal went in. Um and and that was another one fed um, where Temupuki broke and fed the ball to to Hawkins for him to uh, uh, strike strike that one uh, strike that drive that one home for a hat trick in nine minutes. Well, yeah, and um, the the stats people of Finnish football were, were going a little bit mad. I think that, that was the fastest ever hat trick by a Finland player. Yeah, uh, the previous record was one hundred one years ago, where someone got fourteen minute hat trick. Yeah. Um and that was the first hat trick by a Finland player since uh that San Marino game in twenty ten. Um yeah. with Mikkel Forsell got a hat trick. And I think there's only been is it nine, I think, hat tricks. Nine or eleven. Finland. Yeah, not 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 Something many. Like that. That's yeah. that's true. Well, nine 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 players have scored yeah. hat tricks for Finland. Um so Hawkins has has joined that merry crew. And when you think 
Puki has and Poyan Palo has and you know that that's of the current crop and he did it in in nine minutes and uh, you know I'll remove any caveat San Marino but um yeah I mean what a what a fairy tale well at least two of those other hat tricks came against San Marino as well so if they count then yeah, this one counts exactly exactly I think yeah, both he, of four he, he couldn't did. have wished for a better like when you know he was, went went to bed the night before that's exactly how he would have dreamt it I think I mean maybe a 30 yard volley in off the bar could have been the the third goal but uh yeah he um he's definitely an exciting player and uh as Rich as you said he, he's got a lot of pace and I think we lack that that <laughs> we're quite desperate for someone that you know can run past a player at ease and you know carry on and and yeah beat players so I think even if he's not a starter, because um, obviously, you know, he's still only 22. We don't want to rush uh, or put too much pressure on him this early, but a really good option to have if we're, you know, if we need a goal. I, I think it's quite interesting that that from a year ago, you have Marcus Force and Oni Valakari who were getting regularly into the squad and, and in Valakari's case, onto the field quite often, um, that are both out at the moment. And Hawkins has come in and, and sort of said... If you want this shirt back, you you're gonna have to go some to to get this back from me. This is the thing that the competition for places in those forward positions now, um, you know, people coming in and grabbing it, Ant Man Hawkins in particular, but you know, other players have come in and, and had these little cameos. I mean, remember when Force twenty twenty that game in in Paris, yeah, um, Force and Balakari both scored in their debuts, um, and yet they can't get in the squad now. And it's, um, I mean, it's great to have that strength in depth. Yeah. And going forward, you know, again, Pookie's not getting any younger. But other than that, you know, the, the rest of that kind of attacking midfield forward line are are potent. You know, Chalman's scoring plenty as well. Boy and Palo's playing really well at club level. And now, you know, again, all we needed to do with him is keep him injury free and he will score goals. And we look, he had a full season in Italy and he scored, he was banging them in. So the six goal scorers of eight goals over those two those two games. Yeah, again, spreading them out. Mm. Um, and who'd have thought, you know, at the start of this, if you go in and say Finland have scored is it ten goals after four games and Buki's only scored one? Mm. It's um I mean he's assisted, I think, five or six. But yeah, I was gonna say he still, got a couple more assists in this game, didn't he? Yeah, um, I think it was six in the end. Yeah. So so again, that's just going to show yeah, there was a big panic, and you know we 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 were privy to some of it about what would happen when after that Euro twenty twenty team start fading away. You know the defense went first. Um, Tim Sparv didn't come back after that, but you know slowly but surely that momentum. You know the World Cup qualifying campaign. It wasn't a complete bust, but you know th- there were some good moments there. But again, you know the benefit of Nations League over friendlies keeps that competitive edge to give the momentum going that little bit you know yes they're not as, as good as a qualifying but they keep and you're playing teams of a similar quality and again you're coming into a game against Slovenia who are realistically about a par with Finland mm-hmm. if we're honest um, and then we see in the, the the game that evening that Slovenia drew with Denmark at home which is a great result for, for Slovenia and Realistically, for Finland, but yeah, it also. Right. But then the, the, the issue with that is it also means that it, it's a reminder that Slovenia is a tough place to go, 
and then Finland still have Denmark at home to come in the, in the next international window. So, you know, while Finland and Kazakhstan are top of the group at the moment, um, you know, there, there's there are four teams looking for those two spots. And even though Kazakhstan have the safety net of a playoff place and, um, and Denmark were lucky um, to get the win on Saturday, Friday against Northern Ireland because um, that goal got chalked off. So it's... Um, yeah, I mean Finland have put themselves in a really good position here, but um, but yeah, there's still a long way to go. Before we before we wrap up, we should really mention uh, Demuvuki because he he came on in 60 minutes with Hawkins and with Robert Taylor, and in his half an hour appearance, set up two goals and then scored the final one himself with uh, Nikolai Alho challenging on the right hand side of the box and the ball breaking to Teme for him to uh, to drive home the. The sixth and final goal for a pretty damned effective weekend for him. Yeah, and that's his thirty-eighth goal for the men's team now, so extending his record. Um, and I guess how, how far know, ahead is he now, Rich? Um, I think the other one was, I think Forcell was thirty-two. Um, so yeah, broke to me. Um, Pookie broke it. It was about eighteen months ago, wasn't it? But um, yeah. he's on thirty-eight now. Um, and, you know, we're, we're at the point now now that the international window shut. I think we're probably looking in, imminently at his transfer to for the US to be announced. Uh, I think he's expected to go to Minnesota and join Robin Lord. So okay. um, it's a fair play to him. He's yeah, it. Very, very much so. Um, Ali, do you have the table there in front of you? Uh, I do. Bear with me one sec. Would you like to just talk us through the, the, the current standings? Yes, so where are we? Uh, I had it here a second ago, but uh, whilst I'm just bringing it up... Um, <laughs> Whenever you need it, it disappears. Yeah, it, van it vanishes. I even did a screenshot it, uh, of it and everything. But yeah, just whilst I'm bringing the um, the table up, uh, just looking at the, the fixtures, uh, the remaining fixtures, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I'm... Uh, I'm always a warrior uh, when I when I look at fixtures. I, I'm so glad football isn't played on paper because if it was for me, I'd uh, yeah I'd have sleepless nights all the time. You know the the, the next three games are, are massive: away to Kazakhstan, home to Denmark, away to Slovenia. Um, if we can get through that with you know a victory here, the odd point here and there, I think the final three, you know, it would be ours for the taking. Um, but I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll go into detail about those games later on in the year. Um, I now have the table, so it looks pretty um, pretty good. Uh, Finland top with nine points, um, followed closely by Kazakhstan, who are also on nine. So Finland just above on goal difference. Both have played four games. Denmark crucially have also still played four or on seven. Uh, Slovenia still on seven points as well. And then Northern Ireland with three, San Marino as expected with with none in sixth place. Um, yeah, as, as I sort of alluded to earlier, it, it, it feels like no one wants to win this group and it is going to go down to probably the final, the final weekend to solve possibly both spots, which is great. Um, you know, for the, for the neutrals watching the game, it doesn't quite help the... Uh, the heart rate uh, at all but I, I think particularly with the last three games definitely all being winnable um, it feels like if Finland can get to 20 points 
So if they can get another yeah, 11 points from, from somewhere, you would hope that that would be enough. I mean, what, 10, 11 points from the next, yeah, five, six games. It's doable. I don't think I'm being too optimistic or overly optimistic about that. I, th- I think it is it is doable. But yeah, those next three games are huge. When you look at it, um, you know, in that Euro qualifying campaign of the 2020, Italy were the top seed and won every game. Um, and then Finland were quite a way behind them in the end. I think there's 17 or 19 points. I think they got in the end. I can't remember. Um, but you know, and again, as you mentioned earlier, the goal difference from the San Marino game and goal difference and goals scored will be one of the tiebreakers further down the line if, if teams are level on points. So, you know, the fact that San Marino hadn't been pumped by anyone, I think they, they'd lost 2-0, 2-0, 3-0 before that and now mm. 6. That gives Finland an edge of sorts. You know, this is the kind of thing to have in your back pocket um, for later on. And I think, you know, we, we've seen that teams are taking points off each other and this Kazakhstan team we, we don't really know um how good they are I mean they they won their nation's league group and they beat Denmark but you know historically and even in recent times they haven't been that good um and it looks like they're one of the teams especially going there I mean that's somewhere it's a long trip to go there and, and they'll that'll be a tough place to go but the mm. Finland have already got Denmark away out the way as well so you know, like Ali said, you know, you, you want to be going into that last, certainly that last international weekend where they've got Northern Ireland at home and San Marino away. I mean, whoever sorted that out did well. <laughs> yes. <into> the fixtures. <laughs> when, when that one was arranged, um, you know, to, to the point where, you know, if you want to be going to that San Marino away game, I mean, if you need anything, fine, you know, happy days. But um, the hard work will have been done. Yeah. at that point and again you know if you're looking at getting ideally nine ten points from the last six games um that they'll have really earned them if they get that before then yeah it um, has shades of the um the Liechtenstein game to qualify yeah. for the euros isn't it you know that game was set up quite nicely from a fixtures point of view to you just need to win that game win that game and then you you're through and yeah, as you said, Rich, the, the fixture gods have been kind to us. Um, we just need to make sure that we can get through those next three and make sure that we have something to finish off. Yeah, because remember that last campaign after the Liechtenstein game, then everyone got absolutely ratted and had to go to Greece on the Monday <laughs> yeah. night afterwards. And that was, um, I think Tim Sparf said, half the players were still over the limit when they took the field. Um <laughs> My, so, myself uh, and Keke um, recorded an interview with Juha Pirinen uh, a week or so ago, which hasn't yet come out. And uh, yeah, we talked we talked about that. There were some <laughs> real celebrations after that qualification, that's for sure. Yes, um, but um, yeah, it's been, um, I guess, you know, we, we've got, what, two and a half months now until, uh, until the next round of fixtures. But um, yes, I mean, Finland are in about as good a position as they could be realistically okay so listener just a quick recap that finland's next games uh at the beginning of september in that international break um away to kazakhstan on thursday the 7th and home to denmark on sunday the 10th and the highlights for the previous couple of games are in the blog post along with all the info and and links to the original sources in the blog post so wherever you're watching or listening to this just have a look down below 
and you'll find the links there. And I think that's it for the, the Finland's International Weekend. But Rich, there's one or two other Finnish football news items that you uh, you wanted to mention. Um, yeah, basically, the uh, it's that good time of year for those who like coefficients and seedings and <laughs> elaborate trips for Finnish teams to all sorts of parts of Europe. Um, so this week, Monday and Tuesday, saw the uh, sorry Tuesday and Wednesday saw the draws for the uh, qualifying rounds of the Champions League and the Europa Conference League. The uh, Hoiko are obviously in the Champions League, having won last year. In qualifying round one, they've been drawn against Larn of Northern Ireland um, in a two-legged tie there. Should they win that tie, they will then go through to play Mulder of Norway, which is a tough one. They knocked Coops out quite emphatically three years ago now, I think. Um, and if Hoiko lose to Larn, they drop into the Conference League uh, second round and then that's when it splits into two and it's all champions paths and all sorts of nonsense but uh, they would then play the uh, the losers because that's how it works in here of uh, ball club of Kosovo and uh, Ludogrets of Bulgaria so you know again Hoyko always set out their, st their stall to say, right, our goal is to make the group stage of any of the three competitions. Uh, last year was the Europa League. Um, so again, you know, the, the road begins here. Uh, Mulder will be a really tough, tough game for them. But, um, but again, I think, you know, last year Hoyko had a pretty ropey start and this was around the time of the year that they started getting their act together. Um, but they still need a centre forward. Um, so the I guess you want the uh, the dates now, wouldn't you? Um, so the dates for the LAN game are, I think they haven't confirmed them yet, but the, the 11th and 12th and the 18th and 19th of July and Hoyuko at home first. Uh, and then in the Conference League, which is, um, I read that's that's gone quite mainstream now, hasn't it? I mean, your, your winners have been Roma and, uh, and West Ham, the two editions so far. I mean, we, we were there first, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, enjoying it massively but um but yeah so you've had three three finnish teams go in there you've got uh honka who came third in the vegas league last year hacker who won the european playoffs uh, honka have been drawn away to tobol of kazakhstan um was tobol fiddler on the roof um and also uh hacker have been drawn at home to another northern irish team in uh, crusaders uh, those are on 13th and 20th of July. Coops uh, go straight into the second round as the winners of the Swarman Cup. Uh, they will play the winners of uh, it's either Derry, F uh, Derry City or HB of the Faroe Islands. Um, that'd be an interesting one. Um, but yeah, also there you've got for the draw for the second round, if Honka win, then they would play um uh FC Basel. Okay. And which will be a tough one. Obviously Basel mm -hmm. formerly, you know, Champions League regulars. Uh and then Hacker, if they get through, I've been drawn against Rosenberg, who are another big Champions quite League big, big name, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Champions League regulars of the kind of two thousands really, weren't they? They were yeah. there every year. So uh so yeah, so it's tough, tough for them. I think um again Coop's benefiting from both winning the cup and 
and being seeded because they've done quite well in Europe over the last two or three years. So, um, again, it's um, it'll be fun. I think uh, the Northern, Northern Ireland should be a nice place to go and then Ireland for Cups if, they, if that's how that works out. Rich, can you send me any links that you've got relating to where you've been getting that info and I'll put them in the show notes as well for the uh, for the listener. Yeah, I'm the one person who watches the live draw on UEFA.com. So I will... Uh, <laughs> well, there you have handwritten notes over. you were reading out. <laughs> on, the, on the back of a fag packet, yeah. <laughs> I'll, uh, I, I shall send you some links. Yeah. They're all on Perfect. Wikipedia gets updated before anything else. So. Okay, listener. Oh, hey, oh, sorry, Ali. Yeah, no, I was just going to, um, before we wrap up, just add a little bit of um, transfer news, Finns abroad news, just as Keke isn't here. Um, yeah, I was just going to mention Rob Ivanov's move to uh, Eintracht Braunschweig. I apologise to any German listeners out there or people that speak German. I've probably butchered that. Um, but a really good move for him. The um, Yeah, the Bundesliga 2 is one of the best second tier leagues in Europe and I think it's a big a big step up for him but uh, one that I think he'll um uh yeah I think he'll do really well over there and uh yeah best of luck to him and um Sauli Weissenen has also moved he's gone to Odense in uh, in Denmark um to do for him because I think his did his Italian team get relegated to the third division am I right you know, or they were in the playoffs for for it. anyway. I think he was at Cachenza. Um So yeah, so uh, a good move for him. Hopefully, that's where uh, Nathan Scooter of uh, Toulouse is currently on loan there as well. So um, yeah, it's nice. I think um, some of these players have stalled. I was surprised even off his his contract wasn't renewed at, at Barter Poznan, but uh, he's done well. I think um, Braunschweig were fifteenth in the Zwei Bundesliga last year, so that's a uh, you know, good, good standard there. You got some massive clubs there, so it's mm. good. And you know, getting, like we saw, he's he's more than just a defender from his assist that he did on Monday night. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I was just going to round up by round off fit or finish. I was just going to finish off by saying that the Vakiafs Liga gets back underway on Tuesday, twenty seventh of June, as a full round of fixtures, and, and that seems to be a feature this year. There's lots of full programs rather than having games scattered through through the week so you you know everyone plays and you start to see some real difference in the in the table after each each round and then again a full round of fixtures the uh saturday after as well so by the time we reconvene i guess sometime in july we'll have a a, a different looking acos league too hope not <laughs> <laughs> yeah well You've um, you've you've taken quite a few extra games to get one point ahead of Ashikor, Rich. We're hot on your heels. Don't you worry about that. Well, well, well. we'll although, see. although I think the Tuesday game, uh, Ashikor against Olu will be our final, possibly be our final game with our uh, on loan Arsenal goalkeeper, and then, well, who knows what's happening? I certainly don't. So we'll wait and see. Well, no, but then uh, as we, as you've mentioned a couple of times, Terry Egby, he's. Uh... He's off at the under twenty three Afcon now as well, isn't he? And uh, attracting interest from overseas with his uh, long throws. Oh. Yeah, well, now he has got a very long throw. Um, unfortunately, Ashley Core have singularly failed to get ahead on any one of them so far this <laughs> season. But if we can get our act together, there's a potential weapon there. Well, they scored that goal. I mean, again, it was lucky the keeper got fingers on it. Otherwise, it would have been a goal kick. Um, 
but uh, that that went a little bit viral anyway. And uh, that even the the infamous Liverpool throw-in coach turned around and said, if he actually learned to take a throw-in properly, I could probably get him to throw it the length of a pitch. <laughs> I think the, suggesting his technique is dreadful, but uh, right. Well, yeah, well two, luckily he scored. Two comments. One, I stand by my statement that we haven't got our head on the ball because that goal came mm. from the goalkeeper's fingertips. <laughs> <laughs> and and secondly. Um, Apparently, Yegby's only had four years of organised coaching mm. so far to get to the eight. Where was he? Like 21, 22, I think. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot to work with. But, boy, there's a lot that you can, you know, a lot, lot there already. Well, without going into Asikor too much again, uh, was this... He was he one of the players that's moved as part of the partnership with Asiko and the Ghanaian. Yeah, is it Vision Vision FC in Ghana? Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah. He was one of those players. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. um maybe that's starting to bear some fruit as well. Yeah, because I've so, seen that the fee mentioned for his potential transfer is about three hundred thousand euros. Measly. Get out of here yes. with your, so, yeah, with your get a bit pocket more. change. <laughs> this is, I'm sure there's probably a, a clause that they'll have to give a percentage of that to their Ghanaian friends as well. Yeah, so. quite quite right. That's how it should that's how it should work as well. Yeah. But that that number that we give a percentage of needs to be much much bigger. Thank you very much. Well, yeah, because then uh, Daniel Hawkins, I think last year when when he was sold, he cited as the first Asiko Academy player or graduate to go off for a fee. Um, or the first player to go abroad for a fee, or something like that. Anyway, so something, something like mm. that. And also, I think it was listed or mentioned that it was the second highest transfer fee. And I think yeah, the the highest Gorgola was Kogoa, yeah, yeah, a few yeah. a few years ago. So, um, but that if that's a, a trend that can continue, then that's a, mm. a club that's trying to get itself somehow self sufficient, sustainable, mm. if that's ever possible these days. But. Um, can we can we stop trying to sell Asikor's players? <laughs> well, just because just because you you don't want us to be up near the top of the table, it's very well, unkind. Should, should we also mention that Matej Hrdetsky's stag weekend um, and his was it a leprechaun costume he was wearing at the, the, the Slovenia game? Tallest leprechaun he looked like. <laughs> he looked quite <laughs> Irish though, with that that little bit of stubble he's got and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Red hair, yeah, that does got a pot of gold somewhere. Isn't he? Yeah. All right. Let's let's wrap it up there. Um, Rich, thanks for thanks for joining. Turn a bit. Ali, good to speak to you too. He does. Hey, hey. Thanks a lot. And uh I guess we'll be back in July with the interview with Juha Pirinen, and then maybe later in July get together and, and have a look at what's been going on in Bakehouse Liga and perhaps those early um European games as well. Hey, listener, until next time, thanks for joining us. Bye. You've been listening to the Finnish Football Show. You can find us online at finnishfootballshow.com. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening or watching. You can follow the Finnish Football Show page and group on Facebook and also on Instagram. See the links in the episode description. You can also connect with the five hosts on Twitter, at Explore Finland, at FC Sorby, at Escape to Sorby, at Kekimulari and at Mano99. Links to the Finnish Football Show merch stores are also in the episode description.